Hello and hallelujah. It is the Easter octave, and I am glad Christ is risen from the dead. This is Mike Gomer Gormley, your humble co-host of Every Knee Shall Bow, and I'm here this week to offer a brief reflection on the meaning of Easter. A regular show will return next week. Don't worry, Dave will be back. Um, one time Bishop Barron was talking about this panel he was on about Christian discipleship. And the first question was, what makes someone a disciple of Jesus Christ? Now, there were a bunch of answers like the willingness to evangelize, discipling others, serving the poor, getting one's own moral life in order, etc. But when it came to the good bishop, he said that he found the previous answers were good, but they weren't the essential fact of Christian discipleship. If I remember correctly, he said, a disciple is first and foremost one who believes that Christ is risen. See, the resurrection is central and utterly unique to our Christian faith, and it completes the incarnation. We can't have the one without the other. So let's dive into the incarnation for a second. Christ, the eternal word of God, has come in the flesh. He was born of a woman born under the law. He was of the Jewish people, for salvation is of the Jews. He was of the lineage of David. He used the title son of man about himself more than any other title. Yet he also claimed divine prerogatives and spoke with an authority that only God could wield, such as one of my favorite examples in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, six times he annotated the Ten Commandments. You have heard it was said to men of old, dot, 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 but I say to you, he healed people. He rose from the dead. He rose other people from the dead. He cleansed the temple. See, this is the beautiful thing. It was his flesh that communicated the divine life. His body was the ultimate sacrament. The hemorrhaging woman merely touches his garment and scripture says immediately powers goes, power goes forth to heal her. Through spit and mud, he forms new eyes for the man born blind. To the Samaritan woman at the well, he initiates the salvation of her and the entire city that she lived in by asking for a drink of water after a wearisome travel. When we think of the incarnation it's not just the Christmas story we should remember, the babe laying in a manger, which is a food trough, the murder of the innocent children, the flight into Egypt, but it is the whole life of Christ. When we think of the incarnation, it's the whole life of Christ, all of his works and all of his words culminating in the terrible crucifixion. The book of Hebrews says something powerful to those Jewish listener, listeners who worshiped in the temple in Jerusalem. Think about that. Day after day, they're bringing animals forward for sacrifices, for sin offerings and thank offerings and all this stuff. In the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews, verses 4 through 6, the author relays this kind of dialogue between the Son and the Father before Jesus becomes flesh. It says, For it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings thou hast not desired, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, lo, I have come to do your will, O God. I mean, think about that, that as the word is descending into the womb of the Virgin Mary, as he's about to take on the flesh and unite himself to a zygote, right? After the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, imagine Jesus saying this to the Father, I have come to do your will for a body you have prepared for me. And let's think about this body. 
This body was an offering for sin, prepared for Jesus by the Father from the time of creation. God was making a way through Adam and through Noah, through the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through the lineage of kings of the house of David, to a carpenter hidden away in Galilee named Joseph, betrothed to a virgin bride who becomes miraculously blessed to be a fruitful mother. This body matters. This body of Jesus is the way that he accomplishes for us the work of salvation. The Paschal mystery is the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So before we think about the resurrection, we ask ourselves, why did Jesus come in the first place? Why the incarnation? The catechism gives us four summary answers. One, to save us and reconcile us to God. Two, so that we might know and see God's love. I love that. Three, to be our model of holiness as we walk this path of life. And four, to make us partakers of the divine nature. It is not just to save us from sins, people, but to bring us home to the Father, to make it possible for you and me to be adopted by God into the very life of the Trinitarian family. This is the good news. But the catechism doesn't stop with the incarnation, just like the gospels. It pushes onwards to what it calls, and I love this phrase, I love this phrase, the meaning and saving significance of the resurrection. I love that, the saving significance of the resurrection. There are five reasons why the resurrection happened. One, it confirms Christ's words and works. It fulfills the promises that were contained in both the Old and the New Testaments. It confirms his divinity, that only that which is divine can raise itself from the dead. It completes the Paschal mystery, that Jesus' death destroyed sin, and his resurrection now opens to us the newness of life, this whole new way of being in relation to God. And number five, it alone is the source of our future resurrection. We think of uh, Jesus's words to Martha after Lazarus has died, when he says, he will rise. And she says, Lord, I know he'll rise, you know, at the resurrection of the dead. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoa, huge words. The body matters, people. The resurrection is the wondrous compliment that God pays to our humanity. The very flesh of Christ is the doorway to heaven. As St. Teresa says, the way to heaven is heaven because Christ said, I am the way. Too often we get caught up in our failures and in our sin. We get demoralized, agitated, whatever. But God did not offer us a gospel of sin management. He gave us the radical newness of life. Just as we did not give our mortal bodies life but received it from our parents, so too there was nothing you or I could do to earn this new life in Christ. We could only receive it, hence the glory of baptism. The grace of Christ freely given to you, given without measure, for we have all been blessed by God the Father in Christ with every spiritual gift in the heavenly places. This grace is described in Ephesians chapter one as being lavished upon us in the beloved by God the Father. You, oh listener, are a new creation. Just like your mortal bodies, you didn't give it to yourself, but now you have to maintain it, so too your supernatural life. So walk in the newness of life. As St. Paul says to the Philippians, to live life worthy of the gospel, right? To Galatians, right? He says, um, to the church in Galatia, he says, 
that we must have faith working through love. So you have to put to death the deeds of the flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul says, you did not receive a spirit of timidity to fall back into fear. You received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. The power of Easter is the triumph of Christ becoming ours through the ministry of the church, his body. See that? The body that accomplished our salvation, the same body that was resurrected from the dead, that bears within it the same wounds of Good Friday, though healed, supernaturalized, glorified, divinized. Jesus then uses that phrase, and the New Testament uses that phrase, the body of Christ, to talk about the church, to talk about us. We are all members of this universal sacrament of the church, for we continue by his grace, his work, and we re-echo his words throughout time and space. Through the sacraments, God is still working. Like the hemorrhaging woman, would that you had the faith to just reach out and touch his garment and be healed. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing holding us back. The church is still alive because Christ has conquered death and dies no more. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Happy Easter from every knee shall bow.